Welcome to Your Pursuit of Happiness, the podcast for people working in the Irish fintech and financial services industry. Let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome back to Your Pursuit of Happiness. I'm Laura. I'm Paul. Today we're delighted to have Coral from Girls in Tech with us. Hi Coral. Hi, thanks for having me. Not at all, thank you very much for coming. Coral, I'm going to kick it off if you don't mind. Yes. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yes, so I'm Chroma Vaselli. I'm the Managing Director of Girls in Tech here in Ireland. Um, I'm Canadian, you probably can tell with the accent. <laughs> I'm from Toronto, proud Torontonian. I came over here about to Ireland about three and a half years ago. My husband, Owen Carroll from Tipperary, dragged me over. <laughs> and since then, I lovingly stayed. Uh, my background is quite interesting because I'm part of what you would call the leaky pipeline of women. So I started at a very young age, um, and you know, this is when you had the big clunky computers and things like that, you know, with when everyone just had one computer in their household. I started coding, like creating websites, and I was gaming, and I was just naturally interested in, in, in those things. You know, had uh, top grades in calculus and maths. I didn't go into engineering or computer science. Okay. Didn't. I remember considering it at the time uh, when I was in high school in Canada, and I just thought, I don't see myself there. I remember, I remember those instances, and um, and I made my way into tech in a. It was quite an arduous journey and a boomerang. Um, I studied uh, for my undergraduate degree. I did a bachelor's of science in political science at the University of Ottawa, and I did my master's of science at the London School of Economics um, in research. So heavy research in the social sciences and politics and economics. Um, and I found my way into tech by, you know, starting off as a business analyst. So I was always a mm-hmm. business analyst or economic analyst and moved my way through that and got into products mm-hmm. and then found myself working in tech products and then building a tech product uh, with a friend of mine in Toronto. We built um, a digital app for the transportation system. Mm-hmm. We wanted to give users access to real um, uh, live data uh, for all the different transportation modes in Canada. Um, and we built that, and then now I lead Girls in Tech here, and I've been working in products um, prior to that as well. So that's uh, that's the arduous journey into <laughs> technology, and and I say that because I think it's important for people to understand that um, getting into tech um, is is not a li- is not always a linear trajectory. Mm. It's not always about hey, um, I'm going to study computer science or computer engineering, and mm. I'm going to be a coder with a hoodie, and, mm. um, <laughs> and, and I'm just going to read comic books and gaming and stuff like that. I don't game anymore. I don't read comic books anymore. Things like that. Um, and it doesn't. You don't have to fit into that archetype. You mm. don't have to follow that trajectory. You can make it your own, and even later on in life. Okay. Um, well, it's what you make out of it. What stopped you getting into tech? You say you talked about, you know, thinking about computer science and you, you didn't. It seemed like it was a conscious decision. It was a conscious decision. I actually, what I was considering at the time was engineering. Mm. Um, and it was a conscious decision. I just thought about, well, what is that? What does that mean? And at the time, I wanted to do something where I felt like I can, I can put my thumbprint in the world. I can make an impact. And I could not see how engineering could do that. Mm. When I thought about it, I thought about men standing around, uh, it's what I saw as engineering, and it was men standing around with hard hats, and Mm. I thought, I don't fit into that, Mm. and I don't know what I can do with that. 
Mm. Uh, what does that actually mean? And I thought, well, how can I make an impact? And I think when when it's you just know what you know at, at the at yeah. that age, and what you know is what the school system tells you, and yeah. what your parents tell you yeah. tells you, and it's here are these professions. There is you know you can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be a teacher, yeah, you can yeah. be a nurse, and you just know these you know, industry professions, yeah. um, but you don't know the nuances. If you don't have a parent who yeah. studied engineering um, and also shares that knowledge with you and what that could mean for your life and for your career, you're kind of exempt from that. Mm. So you're all, you're a product of the exposure and the knowledge that you have. Mm. And I, and I, and um, I do, I don't, not that I regret, but if I could go back having the knowledge I have now, mm. I would have I would have studied computer engineering. Mm. Okay, that that would have made sense. Yeah, for me, mm. that would that was my natural fit. Okay, I don't regret studying like the social sciences and and economics and politics. Um, it it gave me um, a breath and exposure into how to do proper research and how to yeah. see yeah. the world. It gave me the cosmology that I have now. Yeah, I probably um, for you more rounded view maybe than if you had just gone into computer engineering for sure yeah a more well-rounded yeah. view yeah definitely and um, you, you mentioned girls in tech and um, can you tell us a bit about that and the girls in tech in ireland yeah i'd, I'd love to um so girls in tech as an organization um has been around for a long time mm. um it started in san francisco in the valley by adriana gascon the current uh, ceo and founder of girls in tech I um, I knew of Girls in Tech. They've been around for such a long time, over 13 years. I knew of them because they have a heavy presence in, in North America. It was mm -hmm. a heavier presence. Um, and when I came over to Ireland, I wanted to do something where I'd already been involved in a lot of community work. I sat on boards and, and such like that for charities and not-for-profits. And I wanted to do something that was personal to me and that I understood mm. um, and that also would help someone in some way if I could speak about my challenges um, and I thought and I came across Girls in Tech and the opportunity to start the Irish component of Girls in Tech here mm. um, and I um, I had no idea it was going to be what it is today and Girls in Tech's mission is threefold so we are here to engage, empower and educate women in tech and female entrepreneurs and the way we do that is by creating our own programs so in-house programs that we create um, and sometimes they're created globally and we can then take it and we can mm. like do it here in Ireland um, and we create these programs that are there so that when when women come to us and, the, and they leave they have some knowledge they have some insight they have the tools they need um, that's what we do we want to make sure people leave with a sense of value out of our programs mm. uh, one of the programs that I created here in Ireland um, is the stepping up mentorship program um, it's a mentorship program yeah. that I launched at the Dublin Tech Summit two years ago, and since then we've been running it fairly uh, frequently. We have one coming up on November 21st at Huckle Tree uh, here in Dublin. And what the program um, is there to do is to give women the knowledge and the tools and the access to the right people that they need so that they can con take control of their own careers and mm. be successful. Because I think that's what it's all about. Right? Mm. I think it's about taking control of your own career, taking control mm. of your own life. Mm. If I had just gone down the trajectory that I had, I thought was meant for me, yeah. that I was destined for, I'd 
still be because I started my career actually working for the um, foreign office in Canada in yeah. Ottawa mm. um, I was you know working on international trade policy um, with our uh, international diplomats abroad and I would still be there that's where I would yeah, be yeah. there's nothing wrong with that yeah but I wouldn't be where I am now yeah sure sure do you think much has changed in terms of that perception I suppose so you know if, if you you said if you knew then what you know now you would have gone down to computer engineering with it yeah but you didn't see that as an option at the time do you think that kind of perception or that lens is changing or has changed I think it's better now than it was at yeah. the time yeah um like at the time there was when I was applying for university there was no Facebook yeah that came out, Facebook came out when I was in first year university. Yeah. Mm. Uh, nobody nobody really knew what to do with the internet. It was, we yeah. were still figuring it out. I think yeah, yeah. millennials figured out what to do with the internet, mm. you know? Uh, so that took some time. Uh, I think there's just a greater level of exposure and people have, um, People have a greater level of exposure to te- with technology. Mm. People have cell phones, right? Mm-hmm. People have smartphones, computers. All those things were luxury items. Mm. Yeah, it's more accessible now. It's more. Everyone mm. has a cell phone now. Like when I had, I got a cell phone at the age of fourteen, and like all, you, I don't even think you could text with it. Yeah. Uh, Snake. And then the next <laughs> one was like the flip phones, and you could yeah, text. Yeah. And people were like, yeah. "Oh my god!" They didn't know what to do with text. And smaller was better. And smaller was better, yeah. and we were tiny. <laughs> and, and we were, it was a lot easier though back then. It was then, a lot it? easier. Yeah. The snake was, was really good. The snake. Oh my god! That snake. Oh my life. The Nokia. Bring back the Nokia. You could literally bounce it off yeah, the ground, and the it break. never broke. It, it was unbreakable. It was unbreakable. <laughs> and do you remember like people would like? Sell for good money now those. The Nokia's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard they brought them back, yeah. like certain collection pieces. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were crazy, and people used to like. I don't know if you guys use the term here, but like soup them up. Oh yeah, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> it would have like lights, and yeah, yeah. there's a whole other industry to like soaping yeah. up your phone. Change your colors and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. and and ringtones. Remember when you could do a ringtone? Ringtones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you couldn't do anything with those phones, so people just thought, hey, let's accessorize yeah. it. But now you can do so much on the software of the phone, yeah. you don't yeah. think about the ringtone and stuff. You have, you're have you just occupied with so many other things. Yes, yeah. that is true. Yeah. But is do true. you think so for, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in, in the diversity aspect around technology in particular. Yeah. Um, do you think because technology is more accessible through phones and Facebook and internet and all of that stuff, and there are more women now, still probably not enough, but there are more women uh, going into technology and you know, look, seeing that as a route. Do you think that's helping make it more accessible or making it a, I don't want to say a realistic opportunity, but do you know what I mean? That people are, or yeah. women are seeing it as... Um, it's, it's a funny one. Like, has that translated into the numbers that we want mm. to see? Mm. It hasn't. Mm there are fewer women now studying like computer science than 30 mm. years ago. We know that. These yeah. are in all the Western countries. Um, that that hasn't changed. Um, there are more women exposed to tech or in tech companies, yeah. but they're not technical. Mm. Um, I think for a lot of women, um, they want to, a lot of women that come to us, they want to become technical. They want to okay. be a data scientist. Yeah. Okay. Like maybe they studied marketing and marketing is a heavily analytical subject. Yeah, yeah. 
they want to know how to switch to data science and they don't know how. Okay. Or, you know, they want to get into like web design because they're very artistic. Okay. They just, they don't know how to or they feel like maybe it's too late for them. Okay. Um, so there is a bit of like, how do we, how do we help the women now who yeah. are knowledgeable, um, who are exposed to tech, who understand the benefits of yeah. technology and what that could bring, the impact it can have. How do we get them to to transition into more technical roles because you don't need to go back to school and mm. do four years of computer science yeah. to be a coder. Mm. You don't need to go back to school and study statistics for four years and then get a master's in stats to be a data scientist yeah. and to do machine learning. You don't need to do any of that. Um, mm. Obviously, you need a certain level of comprehension um, in maths but it's, it is still very, it's a basic comprehension. Um, yeah. Uh, that is that is still a myth that we're trying to debunk. And okay. we, and I found that greatly so when we ran the hackathon. Uh, so we, we have a hackathon program with Girls in Tech. It's a global program called mm-hmm. Hacking for Humanity. And we work with local charities to find their business challenges. And then we present those business challenges to the hackers to find digital solutions. Mm. Um, and here we we uh, we and and here we brought the hackathon over this spring, and it was the first hackathon for women mm. in Ireland. Mm. And I did not know that when I started working on the hackathon program like a year in advance to bring in the program here. And I was like, oh my God, like there is yeah. no, there is no precedent. So how do we know this is going to work? Yeah. Um, and we were, we, you know, I was told by countless people, like, how are you going to, how are you going to fill the room? Like, yeah. you know, how, um, luckily we sold out. Um, we did fill it. We sold out. Mm. It was, it, it was, was an I attended. You it attended. Was, it yes. was amazing. <laughs> It was yeah. so, so enjoyable. She so, was so, you I was just, buzzed after. Yeah. It really was. <laughs> you yes, you I were. I knew everything about the projects. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a ball night. <laughs> I'm not competitive at all. <laughs> but, but to be honest with you, like we had a hard time um, mm. with uh, marketing that program. Sure. With our mentorship program, like not we we did not have any trouble even mm. the first time i launched girls in tech i was in from ireland mm. i only knew owen yeah. i like launched girls in tech six months or a few months after like landing in ireland we sold out the room was packed we had silicon republic cover like we had a reporter from silicon republic cover the whole launch Amazing. like it was we were uh, mentioned the independent the times yeah. like but the hackathon was really hard. It yeah, was such a huge like challenge. It. And I honestly thought every single day it was very stressful. I thought it was going to fail because, to be honest with you, it was a hard sell because mm. we had to convince women that they could do it. Mm. We had to debunk all these myths that mm. they had, all the all of the softer sides of why are softer issues of why women are not getting into technical roles and studying technical uh you know studying the hard sciences um we had to overcome those we had to try to convince them we had to try to overcome those barriers because we kept getting asked well i i'm not a coder yeah Mm. why should i go to a hackathon So I, I was in the um, the professional women's network in State Street when I was there for a couple of years, and um, one of the things that always came up was around 
uh, how job specs are written and how job adverts are written. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I can't remember the percentage, but there's a, it's a fairly high percentage that women need to see that they take a box on a spec yeah. before they'll actually apply. Mm-hmm. Whereas men just have a tendency to say, oh, I'll throw in an application and yeah. see that. Happens. Yeah, totally. Um, so it, it sounds like it, it, it was similar for that. Similar. Hackathon. Yeah, similar. And we had to face all those challenges because we yeah. then had to we had to pave the way yeah. and and I'm, I'm glad we we got it over we got we went way above the line in yeah, the yeah. end in terms of the outcome and the impact we created and i hope that sent a signal and it has because i'm seeing more women hackathons popping up mm-hmm. um in in ireland that hey this is possible mm-hmm. like, yeah hey you you can do this you just need exposed you need to be exposed to it yeah, yeah. Like, cause afterwards people were crying. Like, I, I don't know if you remember, but there was, there were, I don't know if you, you watched some people's faces, but some people came up to me and they were in tears. They were like, this is the most amazing thing. I didn't know that I could do this. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. And I just thought, yeah, that's, that's what we wanted to do. The energy was amazing. I'm, I'm still in touch with some of the girls that that's were there. Amazing. It was, it was a huge success, hugely yeah. successful. So well done. Thank that. you. Fair but enough. with the, yeah, it had a lot of challenges. <laughs> you didn't, I've never, you I, never I, tell. I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> being, um, being part of that kind of global girls in tech, uh, ecosystem or, or organization, where do you think Ireland? is at the minute in terms of women in tech in general and how far of a journey do we have to go on so there is so there is how do we define women tech mm. and then there is um the other aspect of it is who is collecting this data and who is measuring this mm. so there are there are some academic studies that have been measuring um the number of women in certain degrees and in Ireland, relative to other countries, mm-hmm. um, Ireland doesn't trail ahead. Um, it trails behind in certain subjects and in the technical aspects. In computer science, it does. Um, but that's not abnormal. Mm-hmm. That's a Western problem. Okay. Um, and even and then when we get into the anecdotal side, into the qualitative side, that isn't in these studies because these are international yeah. studies, mm-hmm. right? Um, when I go and speak to the head of engineering at this university and at that university and they tell me, okay, like, you know, this is, we have a, you know, less than 20% of our women in the engineering programs. Mm. We have less than 20% of women in our engineering program. That's not, that's fairly normal across the, across the scales, um, across Ireland and in other Western countries. And then I go, okay, where are these women coming from? Mm. They're mostly foreign. So if that's the qualitative side, right? So are Irish women studying computer science or are going to engineering? Okay. Not as much. Okay. Are there women and even with having that foreign representation of women in 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 these programs, um, it's still below the line. Sure. Okay. Okay. So there, and it's a Western problem because we okay. need to look at the qualitative side, right? Because um, as societies become more egalitarian, mm. um, there is actually correlation. Correlation. No Shameless promotion of my name. Um, uh, 
Yeah, that was mine. I'll have to think about that one. But um, yeah, there is a correlation between um, the you know egal- how egalitarian of a society um, an egalitarian society and the number of women in, in studying STEM or mm. in technical roles mm. because so we see actually in places like the Nordics uh, they have a huge problem like and the massive problem uh, they trail way behind anybody else yes okay. they do and and if we look at the qualitative um, if we look at the qualitative side and again background social sciences right uh, helps me understand this is that well you have more freedom mm. you have more choices okay um and if you're and if you know you can study anything you want and women want to study things where they see that it has an impact in the world it can do good and they don't see how studying the technical um how studying engineering can help them benefit the world um, how they can use that as a tool and how they can leverage that, they're not going to study that. It's not because they're not capable, because the study shows um, that women in Ireland and in other Western countries score um, just as high, if not higher, on math scores okay. when they're in school, than, uh, uh, relative to boys. Okay. So it's not that they're not good at math. They are. Uh, they actually, women tend to be better in, in reading comprehension tests. Like they score far, uh, they they surpass the boys, but they're still good at math. Mm. So it's it's not it's not a it's not a capability thing. It's an interest thing, mm. and it's a it's an understanding thing. It's an exposure thing. It's again, it goes back to my story, right? Yeah. Mm. I did not understand how, and I was not exposed to how this subject yeah. could help me impact the world. Yeah, I did not understand it. Yeah. Very interesting. So I, I have two questions. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, I, kind, of, kind of related. So one is uh, to get women, more women into technology, um, there's a lot of pieces to that puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to pick one as being critical and being kind of a, a, a game changer, like what would that be? And also, if, if, if we do get more women in, into technology, uh, What's the value in that? Why are we trying to do this? Okay, so there's two parts to that question. Like, what can we do to mm. get more That's women? The one big thing. <laughs> if there was just one, and I know there's loads. I if there was one loads. big thing to get more women technology, um, I think it's exposing them to it. Mm. Um, things like hackathons, right? Yeah. Things like. Things where they can actually, it becomes tangible to them. Okay. Right? At a really young age. Mm-hmm. That's, so that will then get more girls interested in technology and working with technology and seeing what it can okay. do. And then that will then create a new culture of tech. Sure. Where it doesn't ostracize girls because right now it's still very much heavily on... People who are gamers, oh, and girls who are gamers are more likely to go into um, study computer science or engineering. Um, you know, gamers, comic book readers, um, boys, it's, it's very much a boy culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, you are ostracized from it. There, mm-hmm. There's not girl elements in that. Yeah. There's not feminine elements. So it, we need more girls to be interested in it. So then the culture expands and there's now a new culture a more cohesive and welcoming culture 
Um, so that, I think, is exposure and working yeah. with girls. So like last year, we worked with, um, we collaborated with Sage Technologies from England, and we ran a workshop um, where we helped girls and boys, so it mm. was youths, um, and we had some and some people from disadvantaged areas uh, to build the AI chatbot. Uh, and many of them, most of them, 90%, had never coded, had n- didn't even know what a syntax was. Um, and they built an AI chatbot at the end of it. And they wow. were super excited about it. And then the parents got excited. Because yeah. these kids are telling their parents. And we had them showcase what they created at the end. And then the parents are excited because they didn't know what that yeah. was. They just they just heard like, oh, you know, workshop on a weekend. Okay, great. I'm going <laughs> to put my kids in this. Yeah. Um, get some time off. Um, but then they were like, oh, that's what an AI chatbot is. That's yeah. what that means. And their kids are explaining it to them. And then they Demystified were ex- it then. Demystified it. Exactly. Yeah. And then they understood what it meant on a tangible level. Sure. And I think it's exposure, but it's not just about talking about it because when you talk to, you know, people on their certain age, they don't understand what all these things are. These are yeah. like jargon, adult jargon. You don't know what this means. Mm. Um, it's get them to work on it, get them to um, have that level of exposure. So there needs to be more happening in the schools um, for that to happen because sure. it's not going to come from the parents. Yeah. That's going to take a long time long mm. long time yeah but the research just showed that if your parents come from stem you are more likely to go and study stem sure that's just just so but yeah. we can't wait until that happens yeah naturally exactly. it's going to take a really really long time yeah um so there's i think that would be useful and that's also i'm reflecting on when i was a kid what would have made a difference for me and what mm. have I seen through my experience with running girls in tech in Ireland what have I seen work mm. right um, and then your other question was there was a second so part. It, it, what's the value in getting more women into technology I think the value is sus- and, and so just to qualify that yes. question because it can sound a bit no it, um, we did a diversity inclusion report at the start of this year, mm-hmm. and uh, we launched it through Fusion. Um, with uh, we had about I don't know hundred people in states. Really, it was great. Okay. Um, but a lot of what we talk about when we talk about DNI or IND is what's the business case. So if you're an employer, you know everyone talks about diversity and inclusion, and we're constantly asked for um, 50 50 candidate slates, male and female, very hard in technology. Mm. Um, but if you're sitting there in a in a business running a business in Ireland, a technology business or a business with a heavy tech element, you know that you need to do something. But why do you need to do it? What's the point of getting more women in technology? Yes. I actually really like that question because I hate most of the answers I hear. Mm. Uh, most of the answers, and I'll say that I'll I'll tell you mm. most of the answers I hear, uh, which you know you may have heard as well, yeah. which is it's good for your business. Um, you, it's, it's really good for your business to get more women into your workforce. Um, you can then create innovative products because then you have different perspectives. And those are yeah. all tactical and superficial answers. Yeah. Mm. I hate those answers because that's not why you should be doing it. Like, that's ridiculous because at some point you're going to be like, well, it's not economically beneficial for my company to have women. So I'm just going to get rid of it. Mm. I'm not going to care anymore. Mm-hmm. Whenever it becomes too hard for you, 
That's not why you should do it. Yeah, those are outcomes that you will have, having different perspectives, a better cohesive culture. Mm. Women tend to, you know, there is a difference between the feminine and the masculine, yeah. right? Mm. You know, uh, women tend to be more collaborative. Mm. We tend to bring people behind us. We're better at creating teams, right? Um, so there are a lot of benefits you'd get, but that's not why you should do it. You should do it because at a very high level, at a very aggregate level, it's about moving, it's about helping society. It's about creating cohesive societies. Mm. That's, it's about communities. It's about building better communities where you're engaging 50% of the population mm. into what you're doing. Um, that's what it's about. Mm. And if, if, and I most, I have not heard a company give me that answer yeah. once. Mm. It's all it's all been the bottom line and I know yeah. that they're not really interested in diversity and inclusion because they don't really get it. Yeah. It's a checkbox exercise. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sorry, but checkbox exercises? Yeah. Well, one day this is not going to be a sexy topic anymore. Yeah. There yeah. is this is going to lapse and when that does then that those efforts and that pool of money to try to get more women into their companies and to get interest in tech that's going to that's going to stop. Yeah. But we can't have that. That's we want to keep this going. This sure. is to engage 50 you cannot you cannot disengage half the population. Mm-hmm. That's this is what it's about. Yeah. Because the societies that we've created cannot continue. We don't we don't run an agrarian society anymore where women stay at home, have children, are in the kitchen. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. We need to have two working people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it's about. Great. Really, really interesting. Um, Coral, I know you touched on it a good bit earlier. Um, in when you have a woman coming to you for advice on how to start a career in technology you mentioned yeah. that you don't necessarily have to take that linear trajectory yeah. what like what advice would you give to a woman at, at, like starting out in like when they're in high when, when they've already so if they're younger I know you mentioned you talked about yeah. like the exposure piece but somebody who's already gone through the I suppose education system. and they've already started a career in something but want to take it a career change and yeah. into technology. I think the the first step, the first immediate step mm. is and this is for any sort of transitions in yeah. your life, is get to know as much as you can about what you think you might be interested in. Sure. Don't just go into tech because you think, oh everyone's talking about tech now and yeah. I gotta be into tech <laughs> and that's where the money is. It's like no 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 like yeah. hold on a minute that maybe it's not the right path for you. Understand as much as you can about it. The good thing these days is that there's a lot more resources now than there was when I was younger. Mm. Um, you have all these apps like Meetup and then, you know, yeah, it's just everything has progressed. So the access to information and knowledge is more readily available. And what sure. I would say is don't read about it as much. Go out there and meet people in yeah. tech. Go to tech conferences. Yeah. There's so many tech conferences just okay. in Dublin alone. Yeah. Like, there's Dublin Tech Summit. There was SaaS Talk, which is really amazing. Um, there, there's just so many. I was at Predict Conference. There's the Women in Tech Conference. I, I don't know. There's just so many. There's Inspire yeah. Fest. There's so many places you can go to get acquainted with tech in different in different ways, right? Yeah. Um, 
I say get to know as much about it so that you understand what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, and then speak to people in the industry yeah. who are in different roles in tech, right? Mm-hmm. And understand what those roles look like, what sure. they require. And then if you think you're interested in any of those things, then look at your own background and see what you can already leverage, right? So mm-hmm. if you studied, for example, economics, mm-hmm. Um, maybe look at data science as a route. Maybe you're a very analytical person yeah. and see how you can take um, a crash course. There's so many boot camps yeah. um, in Europe, especially, and in the US. Uh, six months boot camps, and you can become a data scientist, for okay. example. Yeah, there's so many of these um, transitional educational yeah. institutions that have popped up. Sure. Um, so I would say then take that leap and then and make a plan, make a long-term plan of what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. The yeah. first step is get to know people, actually understand what that means and where you fit in. Yeah, Perfect. planning is, um, yeah. if you listen to our podcast, <laughs> it comes up in every single episode. Yeah. Um, and I don't think enough people take enough time, male or female, uh, to think about what they actually want to do longer term and how what they're doing now fits into that. Yeah. And that's good. And I think like there's no, like even if you're in your 30s or your 40s or whatever, even if you're 50s, like it's never too late. Yeah. Yeah. If you keep saying like, I remember when I was like in my early 20s, like I was thinking of things I wanted to do, but I'm like, oh, it's too late now. And I was like, and now I look back, I'm like, oh my God, what was I thinking? (laughs) There's this constant like voice in our head that tells us it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. This is ridiculous. It's, it's never, never too, too late. late. Mm. And it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to make mistakes and to to have this detour. You only learn more. You only become a more well-rounded person. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes you need to go... The one thing I have learned for 100% is sometimes you need to go slower to go faster. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much. That was absolutely fantastic, Coral. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or the team, what should they do? Yeah, they can go to our website, dublin.girlsintech.org. They can find us on Twitter, at GIT Dublin. Um, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Um, so there are so many opportunities to get in touch with us. And you can come to our next program on November 21st. It's a mentorship program that we're running. It's an evening commitment. I commend everyone to come in and go because it's amazing. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today on Your Pursuit of Happiness, the podcast for people working in the Irish fintech and financial services industry. For show notes and other goodies, go to www.toptierrecruitment.com forward slash podcast. That's toptierrecruitment.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and feel free to rate and review the show. We appreciate your support. See you next time.